Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Enterprise Doctor Business Show. I'm delighted to have with me Emma Hollings of EH Photography Services. How are you, Emma? Hi, very well, thank you. Good, good. Delighted to be here. Good. I hope you're still delighted at the end of the show. We shall see. I, uh, I'm sure you will be. EH Photography Services is the company name. And you're Emma Hollings, so I get that's where the EH comes from. And photography, you're a photographer, so that's fine. But services, it almost implies that you do other stuff around photography you're either not a photographer or you're not just a photographer so help me out help the listeners out what tell me about eh photography services so we are a growing company and we are looking to bring on other photographers so it's not just one photographer and we actually offer a variety of different services so we photograph weddings events and families and we also have a really our core part of the business currently is working with business owners from small medium and large companies to help boost their online presence through powerful imagery and um, so we help people to use their pictures so it goes a little bit deeper than just taking pictures and we also have a photo beef service as well and we have expanded into broadening out into offering video services as part of our packages. So hence the, the name is Photography Services. And so we can continue to grow the business, bring on new employees and continue to help as many people as we possibly can. OK, I get it. How, how many are you now and, and where do you want it to go? Do you want six or 20 or 100? So currently, there's myself and my husband that run the business, and we have an apprentice who's learning photography and all the skills to become an independent photographer to work for us full time. And we also have associate photographers as well. So we try and the reason we can offer so many different services is all of our photographers have something that they really enjoy doing. So we'd like to try and give them an avenue of photography that they're going to enjoy doing and they get a lot of passion out of. The ultimate plan um, so far is that I want actually 19 staff. Um, so we are going to have a marketing department. We're going to have a sales department. We're going to have a, 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 someone to manage us all and organize us all because there's a lot of organization to be done. Um, and then we're going to have an editing team and then a core team of photographers that we use that we like and we trust. It's not often that I'm stunned into silence, but that's really good. If you'd have said to me, guess how many people I want to have on the team, 19 would not have been the number. Why 19? Is it that you've <laughs> mapped out those different departments yes. and said three here, six there, etc.? Yes. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time mapping it out. I've Initially, it was like, okay, I want five photographers. And that was when we first started the business nearly three years ago. Um, but obviously, as things change and adapt, you soon learn uh, that you need a really good marketing team to be able to bring in the sales in the leads so that then you need a really good sales team that can close those leads. And then you soon learn, actually, we now need someone to help organize all of this. So you then need, you know, you need some sort of studio team manager that can organize where our photographers are going, where the edits are being done to make sure that nothing gets missed. Because I think as you're growing a business, the biggest risk is that there will be things that fall through the gaps and like that's inevitable. But actually, if you can have the processes in place to be able to avoid that as best possible, you can then expand the business out. And eventually, I don't know what the, the ultimate plan is, but I would like to keep growing it and then 
potentially franchise it or or do something like that with it down the line and of course at, at, at this stage of the business you don't need to define to the nth degree where you're going to be in five years time if i'd have said to you two months ago that we'd all be where we are today and today for the listener is the third of june that we're recording this you would no way have predicted that. So I, I, I sort of have to ask, because you mentioned working with businesses, working with people, you're taking photographs of things and people and stuff. What's the virus done to you, not personally, but business-wise? Yeah. And, and have you plowed on regardless or stopped or pivoted in some way to do different things? So I think straight away, that first week was just, bonkers i had three events cancel that week which i mean straight away i mean like obviously from a business perspective financially you're going oh my goodness what are we gonna do um and that effect yeah (laughs) yeah maybe that was a little bit subtle but um then i think after that first week in that initial shock because i never in a million years considered that this would ever happen and and that weddings would have to postpone and cancel and change i never even considered that that would be an an option I mean the whole economy shut down I mean you know we're all in the same boat so but we've one thing that we've done extremely well is done worked on one thing every day consistently so we've we've restructured the way the business is looking which is why I now know we're going to have 19 staff members and I know what they're going to do we know who our next hire is going to be we know how we're going to push forwards and while everyone sort of panicked and reacted to the situation it's taught us a lot about riding the wave (laughs) it's taught us a lot about there's no one plan it's got to change it's got to adapt you've got to be willing to to move and adapt with what people want everything since March up until August now really event wise has has moved cancelled postponed to next year Um, we have been able to um, reach out and, and get some uh, branding shoots booked in and um, we can do outdoor shoots now which is quite exciting yes. so um, that's that's really good and it's nice yeah. to be outdoors in the sunshine um, but yeah so I think it, it's meant that we've had to really focus on what we want from the business um, it's meant that we've had to really reevaluate where we want to be I guess it's, uh, it's taught us a lot about that yeah I think many people have learned many things in the world of business and outside the world of business over the past couple of months. It's been a very strange world. When I take photographs, I'm going to say I don't take photographs, I take snaps. And sometimes they're really rubbish and sometimes they're okay. Once in a blue moon, they're good. And I know that part of what you do is is you help people learn how to take better photographs. So if I was say, to say to you, how do I take a better photograph? I'll share, first of all, I've got an iPhone 10 or an iPhone X, whatever it's supposed to be called. So the camera, I think, is a pretty good camera, but I'm absolutely not qualified to judge. So how how do I take better pictures and... Does it depend on what it's a picture of? Because if it's a picture of friends and family, either having fun or in a posed situation, those are different types of picture. A picture of a product or something I'm going to talk about in a podcast or or whatever, 
is there a set of rules for taking a better picture, whatever the picture is, or does it vary depending on which of those or other categories it, it, it fits into? I would say there's definitely three things that you've got to consider. One is lighting. The second is composition, which is massive part of it. And thirdly, what do you want to get out of it at the end? Um, so the first thing I would, I would look at straight away is, okay, right, what do we want this photo for? Do we want it as a snap? Do we want to just photograph the kids having fun in the paddling pool? Um, am I photographing this product to go on a website? What is it that we're, we're doing? What's the end result? And then you can come back into it a little bit. But ultimately, the main things is lighting, looking at your background, looking at how you compose the shot. And I'll, I'll give you a little secret, and I do it on my phone as well, is I use the rule of thirds. It's a grid that you can put on your phone. So it, it splits the screen into nine. Yes, I um, have. I, I got a tip from somebody a little while ago uh, to do that, and it does make a yes. difference. It helps you with, so if you're photographing, say, three people in a shot, it helps you just position them. One other thing to remember is when you're taking a picture, um, whether it's on your phone, on your, on your camera, the lens makes the people look like they stood further apart. So try and bring them in a little bit closer. Obviously, family members at the moment, bring them in a little bit closer, um, like they love each other. Um, and the really nice ones to do as well is where they're not looking at the camera, you get the more natural smiles because most of the thing we do is getting those natural smiles and the, the little giggles. So we sit the kids together and we say, right, tickle each other. And those are the ones where you get those best laughing photos or we get them to run towards us. And, um, and it's just, it will take time to get the right shot. So you just do it again and again while they're having fun. And it's like I say, it, it transfers into taking photos of products and things as well, because you've got to bear in mind, okay, well, what background do I want? Do I want it to be on a white background? Do I want it to have like nice leaves in the background? Do I want it to, I don't know, depends what it is. Um, but also thinking about where the lighting's coming from. Is it really harsh lighting? Is it soft through the clouds? Because in all honesty, clouds are better for photos because you don't get any squinting. <laughs> yes. um, and, yes. and you don't get as much reflection. So, so there's lots of different things that you can consider, but I'd suggest that you start with those rule of thirds okay. to position in different ways because you can take some pretty cool photos, like just positioning a product to the right side of the screen with empty space besides it the reason you do that is you could add text to it so if you're posting it on social media you've actually got space to add text to it okay so it just you, you can then play with it afterwards in the editing stage it's the same with taking pictures of people it's like when we do our branding shoots we take them in three different ways so we take them when they fill the image like uh, we take it portrait then we take it landscape then we take it landscape but with space to one side so that then they can right. add text to it. So, you know, the banners on like yep. LinkedIn or Facebook or even on your website, yep. there's space for text to be added. So it's, it's a really neat trick. Very interesting. And presumably phones other than the iPhone have that three by three grid. Yes. It's a fairly standard thing. Um, I'm greedy. So I'm going to say, give me another tip. What is there on, on, Certainly an iPhone because lots of people have those, but you know, let's, let's not push Apple too hard on, on lots of phones. What's the other key thing that I should be doing from a, a, a tech perspective? There's all sorts of stuff. There's buttons on my iPhone. I have no idea what they do in the Photos app. What should I really mark? You're not doing that? To be fair, there's not um, much 
that I would recommend that you add to taking the pictures apart from making sure that you're stood in the right place with a clear background behind them and there's no distractions coming in. Something that's very cool um, that all phones have is an editing software built in. Uh, So once you've taken the photograph, you can crop it and you can straighten it. And a lot of the time, they even straighten them automatically for you. So you don't even need to worry about where the lines are, um, which can be quite useful too. I know there's so many different buttons and so much like filters you can add and, and that sort of thing. As a photographer, I tend not to use them because I prefer to edit them myself. But there's a great button that's a HDR button. Yes, and if you I have no idea what that, that is. <laughs> oh, that's great. So a HDR, basically what that means is that, you know, when you're photographing a, a sunset, for example, and it's really, really bright sky. And then you've got the mid ground that's kind of like got that really nice golden color. But then you might have a really harsh shadow because of the way that the sun's coming in. So what the HDR does is it darkens, it brings the highlights of the sky down so that you can sort of see the sun and you can see the colours and the pinks that are coming through and it lightens the shadows and it does it all automatically for you. Um, Sometimes it does it quite harshly so the highlights do look quite dull um, but I think you can change the level of the HDR so it doesn't need to be really, really harsh. You can make it a little bit lighter. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a good tool to use as well. Cool. I'm going to switch that on as soon as I've finished this recording with you. So just suppose that using my natural talent and my lovely phone and, of course, your good advice, I've now taken some good pictures and this is a business show. So let's say they're business pictures. They might be headshots of my 19 people that I'm working with and they might be pictures of product or pictures of my building or my company vehicles, whatever. I've got some business pictures and they're great because of the great advice I've had. So what do I do with those pictures? And clearly the answer is get them out there for people to see. But where and I think when is a good question and and how do I you know how do I best do that I hear lots of stuff about LinkedIn for example some people say that a picture really really boosts engagement and some people say no it doesn't so tell me about getting pictures out there once I've got these lovely pictures I think the first thing to consider is when you're scrolling through social media whether it's Facebook Instagram or LinkedIn The posts that don't have an image attached or a video attached are often lost with fewer engagements. So in in an ordinary world, we are in a very busy world. We've all got so much going on. And if you've got a great picture attached to it that basically tells you what the text tells you, people can just guess what you've written. So it's the same in um, in blog posts and things as well. Like we we do blog posts, we do videos, we use photos in our videos as well. Um, but ultimately, if you're scrolling through really, really, really fast, which we all do, yeah. uh, I don't know anyone that takes their time to read every single post because no, I mean it's it, it's a crowded place out there. But you want to know straight away: Do I want to read this? Do I want to engage in it, or do I not? And if you've got a really great photo that represents you, your business, your brand, and what you're talking about and what it is that, that you're, you're writing about in your post, people are 10 times more likely to engage with it. It's the same with a blog post. If you're putting a link um, on your social media to your blog post, no one just wants to be guided to just a bunch of text. 
a yeah. boring text. It's yeah. it's like I, I don't. I, I, a great example is like I go on the news app and I read a headline and I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And I'm a very visual person, so yes. I want to see what it is before I start reading. And if I can see what it is, then I go, oh, okay. Now I know roughly what it is I'm going to be reading about. Okay. So it's really important to have the picture that matches what you're talking about but if there's no picture the likelihood is is people just swipe off and they don't read it because we're we're in a lazy world where we're very very busy and you know it's there's a lot of text going on and there's a lot of different messages people just want to know what it is that they're reading and having a strong headline is a really really vital part of that but having images that separate the text out that match and represent what it is you're talking about is is really helpful for your readers to yep. know, make an assumption. Yep, I I completely get that, and I actually have been practicing what you preach. So I'm quite pleased with myself. Uh, I, it's rare for me these days to do a post on LinkedIn or or Facebook, Twitter, whatever, without some kind of image. And I do agree with you that the words and the image need to tie together, but the image needs to. You know, pick, what do they say? Picture paints a thousand words. And you haven't got a thousand words on Twitter, so that's really helpful. But I think that the, for the picture to illustrate and get across that message is, is really the right way to do it. And that, of course, ties back to what you said earlier about the first thing you do before you take the picture is what is it you're trying to do? So if you're trying to say, we've got a new fleet of delivery vehicles and that means that we can deliver to you quicker and more reliably, well, that if that's why you're taking a picture of the vehicle, that helps you to think about how, yeah, how that picture is best going to be taken, how it's going to be used. I have in this podcast series already spoken to a number of social media gurus. That's my phrase, not theirs. And you're a photographer, run a photography services company. But would you comment on when? Is, are there, do you think that there are times of day that it's best to post your pictures? Is it best to post a sunset picture at sunset? Is it best to post a beach picture in the winter or in the summer you know what's what's your thinking about that kind of thing that's a an interesting question i first and foremost i would say get it out there most of the time that people are thinking about what to post another week goes by and another week goes by and another week goes by so firstly first i'd say get it out there get it planned at least so that you can get it out there in terms of like what to post when I think it yes having it seasonal is always helpful for people but if it's a great image people will like to see it at any time so I posted a sunset photo last week and I mean it's had over like 900 views on LinkedIn so far wow. and which is quite cool it's, it's suddenly just kind of gone gone around and um, I didn't post that at sunset I posted that the next day, I can't remember what time. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a social media expert, so I don't know timings and what best timings are. But as long as you get that interaction in the first hour, mm. straight away it's going to reach more people. It might even be less than that. It might be 15 minutes. It will reach more people. Yes. And it's still getting reached. And I think whether that was posted in January or September or now, 
it will if it's a great image it will speak for itself and people will just naturally go oh that's really cool I really like that if you look on Instagram for example there's pictures of beaches all the time and I know so many people that follow holiday destinations like you know I follow Hawaii just because I went and it's really really cool and like I've not stopped following but I just love seeing beach photos it puts a smile on my face and I think we're in a you know, right now, everyone is trying to be more positive. And if you're, if that makes you happy, it's something you're going to follow. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I like being happy. That's a nice thing. And I think that any social media, digital marketing expert will talk to you about or to anyone about the best time of day, the the best number of words, the t- kind of language, the importance of a headline. But what it boils down to is the content is king. And I think you're right. It's, if we're talking about the use of an image in a poster, blog, a newsletter, whatever, it's it's the quality of that image which counts, I think, a lot more than the time of day that is put out there. So that's valid. Um I owe you a thank you because you've shared some really useful information and I think I'm going to be taking or trying to take some better pictures. Certainly the HDR button's going on. That's cool. I never switch things on on a phone, the features on, unless I know what am I switching on here? Why am I doing this? I know I know that. So, And hopefully some of the, the listeners have also picked up on some things they're now going to do differently with their proper camera or the the camera on their phone so why is it that an expert like you is happy to share information does that not mean that i'm now going to go away and take my own photographs and edit them and whatever rather than paying you to do that have you not just shot yourself in the foot no i i like helping people and i like giving people tips on how to take better photos because as soon as like you give them that little tip and they go oh i never knew that and then you suddenly go i didn't realize that you didn't know that and straight away then you can see them posting more and you can see the excitement more and i think the difference is a phone camera is great for documenting what you're up to for sharing ideas with people but when it comes to using photos on your website or promotional materials that's when you're going to need a professional so that you've got those high quality images that can be printed and things so so at that point it and then you'll go back to well who taught me all of this and so it, it kind of comes back around and I think like part a big part of what we do is help people to use their photos they have a branding shoot with us for half a day get all these amazing photos but the worst thing they can do is have them just sat on a hard drive so we help them use them and i'm not saying every single post you put out has to have a professional photo on it it sometimes you know it helps but actually document what you're up to take a photo on your phone of you with somebody else to show what you're doing who you're mingling with and interacting with and who you surround yourself with because that's a really important thing because you never know who they know who they know who they know and you can reach a, a much wider audience but have it have it with professional images with that really important content that you've been creating it's really important I I get that. And I think perhaps also uh, a, a facet of your work, which I'm, I'm assuming as part of the word services, as part of your work, is 
providing the images in a range of sizes, shapes, qualities, etc. One of the things that drives me crazy is when I try to upload a profile picture to a website or an image of you know, a logo or whatever. No, no, no. It's got to be this many pixels. We've got to be more than this quality, less than that quality. It drives me crazy. And I know there's free software out there that I can use or indeed billable software out there I can use, except I struggle with those things. I don't get it. I don't talk my language. So presumably that aspect of your work, if I engage with you and I end up with a bunch of photographs, I would hope I don't just end up with that picture of my water bottle that I sell. I end up with that picture in this res, that res, rectangular, square, you know, a range of options. And if I, hopefully, if I need, if I don't have the option I need, if I come back to you a week or a month later and say, look, you know, that picture you took, kind of have it in more than, less than, wider, shorter, then you're happy to play with that kind of stuff. Definitely. I think one thing that I've said from day one is if you've ever had a shoot with us, we will always look after resizing your images. There's nothing worse than going, I need a profile picture and it doesn't fit because the file size is too big. So we give you everything in high resolution. Um, and then, we, like I said, we take the photos in three different ways so that you've got flexibility of how you're going to use them but then we can re-edit them as well so if you need it for something specific if it's like a banner i mean like i'm just thinking of the linkedin banners are really hard to get the right size because they're really thin we actually will help you with that to make sure that you've got the right size it looks good you get the right wording on it because ultimately these photos are basically they're selling your business and who you are and what you do. So we need to make sure that they're usable and we're always happy to resize an image for you. Brilliant. I call that service. And maybe that's why you put the word services in the company name. I'm going to say thank you very much. I've learned a lot. Hopefully listeners have learned a lot. That is the point of these podcasts to try and be a bit entertaining, but also for for businesses to learn more about how to do business better. You are, you know this, but I'm just reminding the listeners, you are Emma Hollings of EH Photography Services and all of your contact details, website, etc. are in the podcast notes. I am Mark Harris of Enterprise Doctor. I do advice and support for businesses and my contact details are also in the notes. I've enjoyed this. I Hopefully you've enjoyed it too. Very much so. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really wonderful talking to you and sharing some hopefully inspirational ideas for everyone to implement. Good. Thank you. Thank you. They, uh, yes, inspirational is a good word, has been for me and I'm sure for listeners too. So I'm going to finish by saying thank you very much. And there will be another podcast along in a couple of days for the listeners. But for now, this is Mark Harris, Enterprise Doctor, signing off.